Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 155, and we're going to call this Doing Hard Things Part 2. Yes. Uh, so if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, episode 154, uh, give that a listen. It kind of lays the groundwork for being able to do hard things on a regular basis, covering nutrition, um, some physical stuff. Functional movement, functional working movement. out, etc. cetera. Life, life, life things. Yeah. Life habits. <clears throat> uh, so part two... Um, looking into some hard skills, um, general capabilities, and then dealing with, you know, as we age, um, loss of, mo- call it loss of mobility, loss, loss of flexibility to some degree, um, eyesight, stuff like that. And they all go together. They all go together. Yeah. So, absolutely. Um, guys, the, uh, we're going to hit hard skills first because as a gun store and as shooters, uh, as martial artists in that regard, that's probably something that's most important to us and to you guys. Um, or, or at least is very important to us and to you guys, there's, there's this reality check um, that as you get a little bit older, your reaction time slows a little bit. Uh, your, uh, there's like fast twitch muscles and slow twitch muscles and stuff like that, and it seems like slow twitch, muscle, slow twitch muscles, unless you specifically work at it, uh, tend to dominate the balance over fast twitch, twitch muscles. Man, I don't know why twitch is such a hard word for me to say this morning. I mean, I'm kind of a twitchy You're, dude. So you are. I don't yeah. know. Anyway. Um, coffee. Exactly. I'm not up on plane yet. Uh, but the reality check is, you know, there's there's some things that make the hard skills a little more of a challenge as you get older. Um, it, it, but like anything else, if you've greased that groove via, a, you know, a lifetime or at least decades of habits um, and you put the work in, the likelihood that you're going to lose much of a step is not really a thing. Uh, and I'll point to uh, guys out there in the industry, some of the fastest eyes, fastest draws, fastest triggers out there are still guys like Jerry Mishlack, yeah. um, Taron, uh, Taron Tactical, what's it, Taron? Taron Butler. Yeah, Taron Goodhair, whatever his name, the other Goodhair. Um, he's still really, really, really quick, um, shoots like a gut, still shoots really fast. Uh, Robbie Latham can still burn it down, uh, and I'm sure I'm leaving out, you know, 10, 20 other people yeah. that are at the top of the game. Um, there's, you know, some retired SF dudes out there that are doing training classes and stuff now, GM-level shooters. Uh, Scott Jedlinski, not not a young dude, still burning it down. Um, but those are guys who all had um, super above extraordinary skills, above average and then got old, and that's the reality check is, you know, they've got that, that that's greased, you're in yeah. there. Um, not to say that if you find yourself starting new with this, you know, at, at an advanced age, um, that you can't gain hard skills improvement, but there's a reality check to, you need to have a methodology to do it, just going out and blasting away on the range, going out, we call it masturbating with ammo, uh, it's still fun, still a good time, but same thing, you're not getting any work done, um, you know, so having a plan for your hard skills um, the first thing you probably want to do is go buy a notebook. Um, so you can write down some things that, you know, your times on different drills and stuff like that. Um, the next thing you probably want to do is start exploring those drills. Um, and that might be something like your book, uh, the Joel Park. Yeah. Practical, uh, practical shooting training is highly recommended. Yep. That actually has space in there to record times on drills and things. Absolutely. Um, and then also, um, dry fire reloaded by Ben Stager. Yep. Highly yep, yep. recommended. Um, those two books really go together um, because the drive. If you're not doing the dry fire part, when you get to the range, you're kind of wasting your time. You're not gonna be able to keep up. I mean, it's just a yeah. simple reality of it. You're not gonna have the hard skill of slide alignment, trigger press, um, probably honed in enough to do the other stuff that's that's in the range section yep. of the training. Um, someplace else, uh, if you you know if you're not looking for like a soup to nuts uh, critical start like that, like the books. 
uh, pistoltraining.com uh, is a, a forum that exists or a website that exists that has links to a previous forum, a uh, bunch of different articles, a bunch of different blurbs, stuff from Todd Green, uh, stuff from guys all over the industry. Yeah, a bunch of drills posted yep. on there that yep. you can download. Yep, they give you, and you can download the drill, you can download the target. Um, you, they give you generally standard metrics on what's expected, you know, for, for advanced, for, for godlike, and for normal human beings like me, um, for part-times for mm -hmm. the drills and stuff like that. Um, but you know, you, if, if you, if you aren't recording what you're doing and establishing a baseline to see if you're improving, you're not improving. Uh, it's just that simple. I mean, you've got it. You've really got to get that baseline established and go from there. Um, but it has to be something that is planful and thoughtful and premeditated going to the range. Uh, if you're, if you're going to the range to go shoot recreationally, I don't care if you have a plan or not. If you're going to the range to masturbate with ammo, don't care if you have a plan or not. If you're going to the range to get better to improve your skills, you should have a plan before you go. I, I promise you, the athlete, the bodybuilder, the dude going to run his track workout, the dude going to the gym to work out hard, the dude going to the dojo more than likely has a plan for what he wants to do that day, what are the things he wants to work on, because at some point he's done uh, a, a intervaled evaluation of his skills, hard skills, uh, his or her hard skills, and then it's and it's looking at what he wants to work on on the next trip to the yeah. range, and and is going to kind of hone that in. And that trip to the range may give him something to work on for the next trip to the range. So you know, just just that's if you're not planful, if you're not thoughtful about it, you're probably not going to get anywhere. And the best guys out there, and the guys that are serious about it, they all have a book, they all know where they're at on these things, and they're all striving to improve, and they work on their goats. Um, not Michael Jordan, not greatest of all time. The goats are the things you suck at too. Um, they're, you know, working on that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah hard skills are, uh, you can, you, you know, it's a great place to spend time, um, for sure. As well as anything else. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the hard skills really need to be able to run in the background. Yep. Um, uh, thinking about, you know, if you're actually having to do, you know, use firearms <clears throat> for real, um, your heart's probably going to be way up there. Um, yeah. You're probably gonna be breathing really heavy and honestly you should be able to be 10 to 15% off of. Like your personal best run on any kind of given hard skill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we talk about that. We talk about you know going and learning tactics. Um, you know, if, if you don't if you don't have your techniques down, learning tactics and procedures uh, that integrate those techniques are are it you're yeah, kind of marks, pissed in the, the way. The marksmanship is assumed. Yeah, you're you're kind. I'm not saying you're wasting time. Uh, anytime you can get stressed in a training environment is a wonderful thing. But um, you know, we and we we hear this from guys who train people who need to be able to operate at a high level, um, a, a lot of whom can't necessarily, and, and I'm not going to pick on professions and whatnot, uh, but there's a lot of cases out there where guys, you know, have classes where, hey, we're teaching tactics, and when the shooters get there, the shooters aren't up to the game, you know, all, all the time. Some, most of them are, but, you know, there are guys who show up and they can't make the A-zone hits, um, and when you start throwing in stressors, you start throwing in vehicle dynamics, you start throwing in force-on-force, and it's like, oh, wow, this is kind of a waste of your time. If you can't make the hits to begin with, yeah. then you're not going to make them under stress. So you're, you're not going to get better under stress, um, which kind of, you know, leads us maybe to the next thing, which would be general capabilities. Yeah. Um, general capabilities, it's kind of a massively large heading, can mean a lot of things to people. Um, general capabilities, I'm going to say, is we're back to, like, mobility. Uh, we're back to hand-to-hand -hand skills, which are still hard skills. Yeah. But it's something outside of the gun, still a general, you know, that it's something you need to train on. Um, gross motor skill, weight movement, moving people around in a rescue environment, picking things up, all those general skills, all the, the general capability 
being able to do work in general, which is yeah. why you do all the little things first so that you can do the work when it's time. Yeah, to include Hill to get, get yourself up off the ground. Yep. Be able to climb over or vault over things. Be yep. able to climb and crawl under things. Yep. I don't care um, if you're. I don't care yeah. if your vault's ugly. I don't care if your vault is hanging a hanging a knee over something and dragging your fat ass up and over it. But it is. It's stunning to me how many people can't get over a six foot wall, much less an eight foot wall. But it's stunning to me how many people can't get over a six foot wall. Um, and and myself included when I turtle up and put too much crap on, and it's embarrassing at sometimes. Um, but it's just a reality check that there's some you know some hard skills like that. Again, that's a general capability that can be trained as a hard skill, I guess. Um, but the ability to like getting up off the ground, burpees and shit like that. I hate burpees. Yeah. I absolutely despise burpees in the gym. I hate doing them repetitively. But when I'm on the range and we're doing rifle stuff or positional stuff where you've got to get down and get back up, I'm super, super glad I do burpees at the gym on a regular basis because uh, it's nice to be able to, I won't say pop back up for me, but to move up quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rapid, more rapidly yeah. than I could 10 years ago, right? So. Uh, same with lunges. Yep. Yeah, the, yeah, taking a knee, being able to get out of a knee position. Uh, to be able to get out of a Monica, you know, to be real. Yeah. I mean, if you're down on two knees shooting around something, that's the, if that's the most stable position or where you find yourself um, and you're, you know, out from behind cover to be able to lean out from behind cover, but then take the shot and then pop up quickly um, is a big deal, whether it's one knee, two knees, whatever. Uh, but those mobility things matter. And, and, you know, again, if you're not out training them to find out what you can and can't do, you won't know. And, and I guess maybe that's something, too, that if you're doing a lot of physical stuff, if it's something where your journey to you uh, one of our tribe, you know, runs a gym, owns a gym, runs a gym, gym, and he's and he's a stud. Um, you know, I, I could almost see him bringing like uh, his book from the gym to the range to kind of look at mobility issues, things I want to work on, this, that, or the other, uh, because he's one of those guys who he does a lot of things really well. Especially considering that you know, he's one of those guys who'll tell you age is bullshit. Go out and do work, and you won't notice it as yeah. much. Um, he doesn't focus on the number. And, and so he focused on, uh, you know, on things he wants to be able to do and then figuring out how to make sure that his body will go where he wants it to go. And he makes it go there. Um, he's got some injuries. He's got, you know, he's been beat up. Um, quite honestly, he's done crazy shit for like 40 freaking years. Um, the dudes who know him and have like ridden bicycles with him and stuff like that are like, oh yeah, that dude's not all there. Um, and he's probably paying for that a little bit now. Um, but he fights through it every day. He goes and does, does hard shit every day so that he can do hard shit tomorrow. But again, gosh, that phrase keeps coming up again and again and again. Um, what other general capability, run, to be be able to sprint, to be able to both sprint 20 yards quickly, um, 50 yards quickly, but then also the idea, and this is where something, you know, um, I'm way guilty of this. 10 years ago, running a mile was one of the most miserable things in my life because I'd stopped running when I got out of the, when I got in the military. I just like, mm-hmm. I'm never running again. I don't have to, um, and you know, I can go run a mile now at a pretty slow pace. I mean, I can, you know, 10 minute pace. I don't ever care if I can run an eight minute mile again. What I want to be able to do is run a mile without stopping. More importantly, I'd rather be able to throw on a backpack with 40 pounds in it and ruck a mile in about 16 minutes. Yeah. Um, if I can do that, I'm pretty happy. That means I can cover ground carrying something. Yep. Or I can pick somebody up and move them 50 yards um, on my shoulders. That's another capability that somebody your own size, you should be able to pick up somebody your own size and move with them. I'm not saying on a dead sprint, pick them up and move them 50 yards. Um, you know, car accident scene, something like that. Um, you know, if somebody needs moved and they're not, they don't have a back injury, you've done all your proper yeah. triage, whatever, but there's a fire. I, I want to get that person moved. Dragging them might be the most efficient way to do it, but maybe for some reason you got to pick them up and carry them. Whatever. I don't care. That's a capability those kinds of things. So anything to add to this kind of shotgun approach? Yeah. Being able to 
to be able to do some of those things, but do them at a heart rate that allows you to think. Yeah. Um, so if, you know, doing that, you know, running that mile in under 10 minutes causes you to be at 180 beats a minute, <laughs> uh, you're probably not <laughs> thinking about anything else going on. Oh, good. I'm good. Then it's like 160 yeah. for me. <laughs> Being able to, you know, to do that at 140 beats a minute, Yep. Uh, where you're in that, what we call maximum aerobic function zone, um, you're still in the, you know, the mammalian um, fully thinking brain, Yep. Um, is really important when it comes to situational awareness, maintaining communication, um, yep. trying to yeah, do some strategery. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, to be able to process. I mean, I'm to, sorry, that's, that's legit. Um, yeah, be able to process what's going on around you so yeah. that you can apply the proper tactic or procedure yeah. to whatever you got to do next or whatever you got to do on the way to where you're going. Yeah. Um, really important. Uh, this goes back, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. Uh, we were at a buddy's piece of property doing um, kind of an introduction to four-man movement or multi-person movement. I forget how many people yeah. we had. More than, more um, than two. Yeah, yeah, more than two. Um, I had just done some stuff down to tactical response and wanted to bring it back to the tribe. Yeah. And it was, I don't know, like 150 yards worth of bounding. Yeah. Um, nobody was going prone. Everybody was going to a knee because going prone was kind of hard. Well, and, and going and prone there was, was counter counterproductive yeah, because you were in really, high grass. Really yeah. Um, by the time we got back, like once you got to about, just we started about 50 yards, got back to about 200. Yep. There's sort of a natural terrain feature that you could use as hard cover. Yeah. Um, multiple participants were so gassed that they couldn't kind of realize what was going on around yep. them. Yep. And just like, got to like, oh, I'm at the finish line. I'm behind the magical safety barrier. Yeah. That yep. is invisible. Um, and just stood there gasping for air, um, completely exposed. Yeah. Trying to figure so, out what they should, well, yeah. not even trying to figure out what they should do next. They'd shut down. Yep. Um, and and I'll, I'll, I'll put a finer point on that. I had shut down because I was one of those people going, thank God this is over uh, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, guys, you know, that, that again, back to hard things, right? Doing the cardio, doing the work and stuff like that. Um, you will also find that people who work in some of those maximal zones on a regular basis doing uh, metabolic conditioning type workouts, cardio workouts, whatever you want to call them. Um, when you're doing this, you know, a, a metabolic, if you're pushing to increase your metabolic capacity, your ability to do work, you generally at the end of a workout should feel close to passing out. feel like you're going to throw up things of that nature because that's where the growth occurs. It's on the, it's on the fringes. It's on the, in the on the edge, on the margin. Um, no different than functional uh, hypertrophy training. If you want to get bigger muscles, that all occurs at the failure point. You do reps until you can't do reps anymore. You exhaust the muscle group. Um, if you can incorporate you know, some things into that where you have to think into those kind of workouts, I'm not saying that you will think well, but the more you do it, the better you'll be able to handle it. And you'll find yourself too, the more you do those workouts, that, that threshold gets further and further out so you have more time before you get there. Yeah. So you've got more time to win the fight and outthink the bad guy thinkers before shooters, you know, to outthink the bad guy before you run out of breath, before you run out of capability. And those are, those things are a really big deal, not just in a gunfight, but in life in general, yeah. uh, you know, fist fight, car wreck, emergency situation, whatever the case may be, um, the ability to, to process thoughtful things and, and, and use your strategy, uh, be, be strategic about things, uh, is a big deal to get ahead of the game. Um, especially against somebody else. If yeah. you can get somebody else gassed and you can still think, you've got a lot better chance, um, for sure. So, yeah. yep. So, uh, anything else on, I mean, that, this, uh, we could talk, yeah, this to, could be a to, whole podcast. So. Like to add to that, um, if you're looking to increase your aerobic capacity, um, really important to not go completely redlined all the time. Yep. 
um, you want to find out where your like 65 to 75% of maximum heart rate is. Yep. And then just spend a lot of time there. For aerobic capacity. Uh, for aerobic capacity. Absolutely. Yeah. For uh, work capacity, there's some stuff you just want to go at and do it. Yep. Yeah, and understand that your your aerobic capacity is different from your work capacity. Yeah. Um, you know, but they can be closely tied if you extend stuff out over an extended period mm-hmm. of time, then one becomes the other, whether you like it or not. Yeah. The longer yeah. the longer you can stay in the aerobic zone, yep. kind of the longer you'll be able to be, you know, very functional. Yeah. Um, yep. For a, and it allows you to get back into that zone and recover. Uh, so if you do have to go, you know, redline it, stay, you can redline for about a minute, two minutes maybe. Yeah. Uh, Olympic class people, um, you know, four or five minutes. Yeah. Uh, but then you got to get back into that aerobic zone for at least a little bit um, to kind of recover before you go just yep. flat out again. Yeah. And the, the one thing you'll find too, the more of that type of hard stuff you do, the shorter your recovery times are. Um, you know, and that's, that's definitely one of my weak points, but the recovery times are way better than they've ever been stuff that used to take me a few minutes to catch up. I'm, I'm back in the game, like take a few breaths. Okay, let's go again. Let's do it again. Yeah. And, and, and that matters too, because maybe in the real world, you might get a gap where you can catch your breath. Mm-hmm. The faster you can catch your breath and get back into where you can think and make good decisions is going to win the day. So, yep. yep. Cool. Um, old guy crap. Yeah. A- age and eyes, age and eyes. Um, I, on, on old guy crap, I'm gonna we're gonna this kind of it's gonna cover everything because there's there's mobility in there. Um, if you're broke and you can get your shit fixed, get your shit fixed. Um, if you're broke and and going to a doc, you know, going to a and I, I want to be really cautious in saying this because I have an orthopedic surgeon who's outstanding. Um, and one of the things he's almost always is, hey, let's you know, surgery is kind of the last option. Let's see if we can figure out you know what kind of PT you can do. Um, go into a physical therapist, um, you know, physical therapists are doctors as well. Um, but generally you've got to be prescribed something from, because of the way the health insurance system works, you got to be prescribed from your doc to go to an orthopedic surgeon and then from there or an orthopedist. And then the orthopedist from there can send you to physical therapy or can schedule surgery, or he can tell you to quit being a wuss. Most of them won't, um, they make money doing surgery. So that's one of the things that's often recommended. The guy I go to is not like that. He's like, Hey, um, I've, I've got jacked up shoulders and he's like, you're not going to be pitching for the Yankees anytime soon. So let's do PT instead of cutting stuff up. And he'll give you some, he or she will give you some manner of line in the sand. Uh, when your shoulders are jacked up enough that you can't sleep at night and it's affecting the rest of your life, then Hey, go, go, go get fixed. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, so that's, that's kind of a personal thing for me that I'm going through right now. I've had knee surgery a couple times. Um, I've had to have stuff fixed. I've broken stuff. And there's dudes out there that have been put through a hell of a lot more of a ringer than I have. Um, a lot of them are called Marines. Um, they're called grunts. They're called soldiers. Uh, they're airmen and 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 uh, and, so, and sailors that have been beat up real bad too. Um, you know, understand these things. If you can get it fixed, get it fixed. If you can do PT and get it back in shape, do PT, do the work. Uh, the shoulder end of things, the PT sucks, but it's I'm a wuss and I don't want to get shoulder shoulder surgery. Um, so I've been doing that. Um, that applies to lots of different parts of your body. Get stuff fixed. Um, yeah. If you let your cardio go, um, sucks to be you because trying to get it back when you're 50 is so much harder than when you're 20. Um, so I will tell you that if there's, you know, if you're in that 20 to 30 range and you're listening to this, go get it now because it's so much easier when your testosterone counts higher, when you've got more muscle mass or back to twitchy yeah. muscles, when you got more fast twitch muscles, it's a lot easier to do that work. So if you can stay ahead of it, stay ahead of it. Um, don't let it go because I let it go for 20 years and absolutely paid the price trying to get it back. Yeah, if you're under 35, building 
lean muscle mass should be a priority. Yep. Uh, if you're call it 35 to 50, yep. um, trying to, to tack on a little bit more or go get the lean muscle mass you didn't build. Yep. Um, super priority. If yep. you're over 50, um, your goal should be not losing capability. Exactly. Yeah. And, and at some point, you start trying to preserve mobility, try to not get injured. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, Pat McNamara does a lot of coaching around this stuff. Um, on his on his website, if you if you follow Pat on IG, he does his workouts, and you'll notice that the workouts are listed as either hypertrophy, i.e., gaining mass, uh, strength workouts, i.e., gaining capability, um, or mobility workouts, i.e., making joints do what they're supposed to do so that you don't hurt yourself. Um, and he rotates through those on a pretty regular basis. And I don't Pat's fifty something. He's like 50, 54, 54, 55. Yeah, absolute um, stud. Yeah, with something like. 20 plus reconstructive surgeries over the years. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he is literally, he's a Lego dude. He's been rebuilt a lot. Yeah. Um, so yes, I mean, you know, so, you know, there's some guys out there you can follow for that. Um, I, I do think that the mobility and the stretching and stuff like that at the, you know, at the end of your workout becomes a lot more important, but that's, you know, with that age stuff, uh, warming up is probably the single best thing I can tell you. If you're, you know, if you're over 40 and you're starting, you're getting back into working out or you're going at something hard or you've got something you want to do for the day that's hard, um, you know, go for a super brisk walk for 15 minutes. Um, do some lunges, do some squats. Do If, if you already do those things, do yeah. some lunges, do some squats. Uh, you know, I get in the gym. The very first thing I do is a 500 meter row at about a two minute pace. It's a nice, easy warm up. It's just enough to get the heart rate going a little bit. Uh, but raise the body temperature and get, you know, just enough to, to start actually warming up, but chase that legit warm up. Um, get, get, break a sweat before you go break a yeah. sweat, I guess, basically. Uh, last, unless there's anything you want to throw in there. Yeah. At no. the same time, yep. uh, trying to condition your body to be able to, to go do work without the warm up. Yeah. Um, uh, from a real world perspective is super important. Uh, unfortunately, mo most of us aren't able to just kind of drag a rower around with us wherever we go. Yep. And then have, you know, a two-minute warning before we're going to get in a fight. Yep. Uh, so be able to do what at one point was called the, like, be the supple leopard. Yep. Uh, so you're kind of constantly, you know, ready to go at a moment's notice. Um, it's kind of important. Uh, a lot of that is handled through your proper nutrition so that our connective tissues are reinforced. Um, they haven't kind of gotten dry rotted. Do me a favor and say getting super stiff. Say that whole thing again about proper nutrition. Yeah. Proper nutrition is yep. very important. Um, doing things to preserve and kind of improve your connective tissue gives yep. you a lot more mobility. Yep. Um, you know, be able to, to, you know, if you do get knocked up, you're able to get right back up. Yep. Um, being able to immediately go from standing around into a sprint. Um, stuff like that, you know, again, in the real well, world, we don't get the opportunity yeah. to warm and up. And not pull a muscle, not rupture uh, a tendon, not, I mean, there's so many times yeah. where you hear about the dude who, you know, the old guy at the range trying to keep up with the kids. Um, and it can be something like, uh, you know, we had one of our guys had an issue and he's a stud. I mean, he's a, he's a power lifter. Um, he's doing cardio conditioning stuff, runs probably pretty good body fat numbers, uh, is strong as shit and athletic, uh, but simply trying to get stopped. Yeah. jacked up uh, an attachment point and they call it like tennis calf or something like that um but trying to stop and it's just that basic kind of stuff and if you can the more you do this stuff the less likely you are to get injured in that fashion uh the other thing i'll throw out there is understand that if you're 50 years old and you get in a fight and you're going balls out that's part of the game something pops and crunches uh you don't get to quit yeah don't d d <laughs> dfq don't you know you got to go sorry it's time yeah. to do work usain bolt 
blown out of hand in his last race ever. Still came in third, didn't he? Probably. Yeah, you know, so that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the connective tissue, nutrition, connective tissue, and, and combined with mobility, stretching shit yeah. out, under load, stretching shit out, without yeah. load, stretching shit out, and that kind of stuff. Really yeah. big. Yeah, finding, finding really big. a, call it a yoga, not yoga program that you can do. Yeah. Two to three times a week. Or go do yoga. Uh, or go do yoga. Or go do yoga. Uh, yeah, it actually does make a difference when it comes yep. to mobility. Yep. Um, likewise, having a strong core. Uh, yep. Super, super important. Uh, I've been doing a bunch of core training. At first, uh, definitely not not the thing I wanted to do. Uh, but now, you know, seeing the difference it's made in the gym, on the racetrack, yeah. you know, at the range, um, makes a massive difference being able to connect your your lower combat chassis to your upper combat chassis um, really makes a difference yep and allows you to, to put power um, through your legs into your upper torso so you can do a lot more stuff absolutely absolutely uh, last thing I'll talk about are eyes if that's all right yeah okay um, eyes if if you have a uh, if you know you have astigmatism if you know you're nearsighted you know you're farsighted you know you're any of those things and you're not going to the eye doctor twice a year that you're like your insurance probably pays for. If it doesn't, I'm sorry. Um, but if it does, you should be availing yourself of that once a year, whatever once the heck year. it is. Yeah, it's usually yeah, once, once a year. A year. Yeah, whatever it is. You should be going and seeing your eye doc. Um, if you can find an eye doc who's actually a shooter, um, and, 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 the, and I don't care what discipline, I don't care what it is they're into. Um, I, oh, luckiest thing in the world for me a few years back, running into 45, 46 years old, and my near sight, which has never been a problem, started to go, uh, was finding out that one of my good customers is also an eye doc. Uh, and, and, and so a serious shooter, serious defensive shooter, um, and, and a super, super knowledgeable professional um, got together with him. And we've been working through some different things, trying to solve problems um, and without doing anything permanent that is like irreversible. Um, find somebody like that who's willing to work with you. Uh, because when you get to the point where you can't see a distance and you can't see up close, bifocals, trifocals, and stuff like that are generally upside down for shooters. Um, just for body position and things like that, you tend yeah. to have to tilt your head back or hold stuff down at your belly to read it under bifocals at close range. Focusing on a front sight is a similar focal plane conversation, but generally Another the change... Another reason to go to a dot. Yeah, it, well, and that, <laughs> exactly, and that's where I'm headed, is that if you, you know, the, the reliability, the size, the durability... Um, of dots to, in today's day and age. I'm not saying that you have to have one on every gun, but I ran a dot for about two years, uh, made some changes to the guns that I carry, um, upgrading to some of the Gen 5 Glocks, and I haven't put a dot back on the gun yet. And, and I'm, I can shoot without the dot. I can make things happen. It's no big deal. Um, it's just not quite as precise, and it's not quite as fast. And I don't have quite the reach that I had with the dot. Um, and the dot doesn't, you don't give up anything up close. So all those guys out there going, well, for my gunfight, it's going to be a bad breath. That's cool. It probably will. You're right. It probably will be a bad distance unless it's not. And if you can't see your front sight, you can't make shit work. Um, and I get that, you know, front sight focus, B class forever. Um, I understand that. But I think there's also a time when you've got to make, you might have to make that distance shot that does yeah. require the ability to see the front sight in relationship to the rear sight. I still don't necessarily know that it'll be front sight focus hard. But either way, um, understanding that going and, and taking care of your eyes to begin with, again, back to proper nutrition, um, your your muscles in your eyes that make your lenses do what they're supposed to do um, are, are connective tissue as well. 
Uh, you can exercise those muscles. Uh, if you Google, there's some exercises out there moving your eyes from near focal to far focal. Um, but there's some things that, you know, you're not going to be able to overcome like astigmatism without surgery or corrective lenses, things of that nature. Um, the, this optics, proper optics, proper systems, uh, can help with that a whole, whole lot. So if you're one of these guys who, you know, I was in the army, we didn't, we didn't use dots when I was in the army. We use, I'm going to shoot my irons. I'm in love with my arm. Okay, cool. That's fine. But almost every branch of the service now, it puts an optic of some yeah. sort on every gun they issue. And there's a reason for it. Um, and it will help you overcome some old guy issues too. No, it won't do anything for your ED. Sorry, that's a whole different thing. Uh, but yeah, your eyeballs though, you know, yeah. find, find a good doc. Uh, if your doc's anti-gun, then screw them. You shouldn't be going to them anyway. Go find a different eye doc. Um, you know, yeah. hoorah. Cool. Yeah, on that note, if you're running rifles, um, a lot of low-power variable scopes have a slight, have plus or minus about two diopter. Yep. So you can dial in a little prescription. Yep. Um, kind of helpful um, yep. with the stigmatism and whatnot. Yes. Uh, also, the Holosun optics and the Trijicon, the MRO HD, mm -hmm. uh, the way their laser systems work, tend to work really well with astigmatism. Super clean. You don't, you don't get the bloom or the like fuzzy meatball. Things tend to take. Ah, things tend to stay very crisp. Yeah. Um, nice. Nice circular dot, um, good circular circle. Well, not you don't have dancing reticles. You don't have yeah. like you know with the like the holo, the EOTEX, the old EOTEX, that projection. The, sometimes like guys, thing. yeah, and well, and guys would focus on if you look specifically at the lines in the in the reticle, you can see it dancing. Yeah, and that and, and again, you shouldn't be looking at that. You should be target focused. So stop focusing on shit that doesn't matter. But there's a reality check to how it's projected. It's definitely way cleaner. And we've got some guys who are serious shooters, competent shooters who have gone away from and gone to the HDs, have gone to the Holosuns because that reticle is just that much cleaner. Um, if you don't know who Holosun is, do some research. Uh, there's some, you know, there's some dudes who rely on them every day. Uh, really good quality product. Yeah, made in China. Sorry. Uh, so much stuff is now. I don't know what you're going to do about it. Yep. Um, you know, buy a Trigicon. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so, but either way, yeah, definitely those reticles are way better than anything else so far mm -hmm. that I've seen. So, yep. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the, you know, that called the eyesight thing, um, training your vision. Yep. So doing the dry fire, especially transition drills yep. where you're moving your eyes from place to place and then seeing how fast you can do it. it well, especially and, focal length and focal length, yeah, focal, depth focal changes, length. Yep. Um, you know, be able to, to know what you need to see and how much you need to see yep. um, are very important things. And that's all stuff you can do at home, you know, dry fire before you use the range or before you have to do it in the real What world. are the names of those two books again? Because those two books cover visual aspects of shooting in a huge, huge, huge way that I think if you're a novice or an amateur or a, even, even a, even, you might even be a professional end user, but you have no idea. The way yeah. they articulate things in those books about the visual aspect of seeing is huge. Yeah. So Just from the little bit I've read. Uh, Practical Shooting Training um, by Ben Stoger and Joel Park. And then Dry Fire Reloaded by Ben Stoger. Yeah. Um, you get both those at either the Ben Stoger Pro Shop, or I think they're also on Amazon. Yeah. Um, highly recommended. Um, they read, they're kind of like an exercise textbook. Yep. Um, but really good information, a lot of really good drills. Um, yeah, you will see improvement if you do, if you put it, take the things that are in the book and put in the work. Um, improvement will come with that on yep. your shooting. Yep, yep. So, cool. Anything else to beat on? Yeah, go do it. Go do um, shit. Go, go do shit. You know, do and do enough 
do enough work that you can feel it. Um, believe enough in the tank that if you had to do something afterward, you can still do it. Yep. And that you aren't so completely destroyed that you can't get up tomorrow and do the same thing over again. Truth. True. And it's okay to do that every once in a while. Just don't do it every day. Yeah. So, especially if you're old and fat and ugly. Um, oh, sorry about the ugly. Didn't yeah. mean that. <laughs> uh, a quick note. Um, we have yet to receive from either Silencer Shop or the ATF what it means to do an individual certification on a Form 4. Um, so if you're still waiting on that, um, we're waiting on that too. Um, we're not going to apologize for the ATF because they're a bunch of commie bastards who should get defunded. Yep. Yep. Truth. So. Yeah. Um, also, you can follow along to our social media. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Cap City Officers 2 on IG. Uh, we get new information um, about things like individual certifications for Form 4s. Uh, that's where it will get posted first. Uh, also, new in uh, new inventory and things we get in the store um, goes up on there. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter um, at capcityoutfitters.com or send us an, an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. We will add you to the newsletter list. Also on the website, you can find valuable information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. And then lastly, we're here in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. We are directly next to Louis Fusion Grill. Uh, we're in front of the Aldi's. We're here Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it.